Go to sleep, my son. Baby, close your eyes. Soon enough, you'll save the day. But for now, dear child of mine, oh my Jesus, sleep tight. Thank you, Casey, for that beautiful song. Yeah, I appreciate Casey. He's been working hard on that song. I've been hearing through my walls uh, the last few weeks him playing the piano and beautiful piece. Psalm 41 is where we're starting. Right? Everybody get notes? Everybody need notes? All right, we have a couple that need them. Just keep your hands up and they will find you. Psalm 41, we're going to do our best to cover six psalms tonight, and they are all uh, leading us to the Lord's Supper because they all have to do with a prophecy regarding either the crucifixion or the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we've picked these six psalms. Uh, We've covered 16 total in our series, and they're all prophetic about the Messiah, but Psalm 41 will begin where we are tonight, and let's start with trouble in verses 1 through 8. So trouble is the blank in your notes. Blessed is he that considereth the poor, the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he shall be blessed upon the earth, and thou wilt not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing, Thou wilt also make his bed in his sickness. I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Mine enemies speak evil of me. When shall he die and his name perish? Isn't that nice of your enemies to say? When's that going to die? Uh, When's his name going off? And if he come to see me, he speaketh vanity. His heart gathereth iniquity to itself. When he goeth abroad, he telleth it. All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. An evil disease, say they, cleaveth fast unto him. And now that he lieth, he shall rise up no more. So there are a lot of rumors about David uh, in the palace. David's sick, and because he's sick, this is the end of him. And all of the whispers and gossip mongers were spreading the news. And this was at, at about the time of Absalom's rebellion. Now, David wrote this psalm, obviously, out of the anguish of his own heart, not knowing that verse 9 
as he talks about his friend Ahithophel, verse 9 is treachery. It describes exactly what will happen to Messiah in John 13 with Judas. So verse number 9, Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. And so there's a three-part prophecy right there that is going to go forward to Messiah with Judas, and treachery is the word of that. Uh, Verses 10 through 13 is triumph as we finish out the psalm. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me, and raise me up, that I may requite them. By this I know that thou favorest me, because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity, and settest me before thy face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting unto everlasting. Amen and amen. And so a beautiful psalm, not only for us when we face trouble in our own lives, and when people are saying things against us or whispering against us, um, but also a messianic psalm uh, about Jesus being betrayed by a friend. Let's go to Psalm 69. Psalm 69. Now, this is the longest one that we'll go through tonight. And we'll try to go through it pretty quickly, but we're going to cover six parts of the psalm. The entire psalm is not messianic in nature, but there are parts of it that are prophetic. And as we go through it, we'll try to point some of those out to you. We start in verses 1 through 6 with his condition. His condition. Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. Mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They that would destroy me, being mine enemies wrongfully, are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. O God, Thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from Thee. Let not them wait on Thee, O Lord of God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek Thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. And so his condition, the psalmist here says, Listen, I've got more enemies than you can shake a stick at. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had occasion in your life, maybe in your extended family, or at your workplace, or even at church, or in the scope of your life to have people who for some reason have become your enemy. And maybe it's something you did to them. Maybe it's just uh, because they have decided that they're against you for some reason. And there's this feeling that comes over you that the psalmist describes here that's overwhelming. Um, Even if there's a dispute and it's not your fault and that person doesn't like you, it can destroy the inside of you. It can hurt your soul and it can wound you where you don't sleep at night and, and your tears are flowing. And they, they say, I read a statistic years ago, and I believe it's true, the average pastor leaves a church because of six people who don't like him. Six people who don't like him. Now, at any given moment, there are six people within the first two rows who don't like me. So... I have given up long ago worrying about that. But, but sometimes we worry about um, somebody who's upset instead of seeing all of the blessings that God has given us. And understanding how many people 
are united as one in the body of Christ. And it says Psalm 69 starts with his condition. Verses 7 through 12 is his claim. His claim. Because for thy sake I have borne reproach. Shame hath covered my face. I am become a stranger unto my brethren and an alien unto my mother's children. Now that happened with Jesus. Um, He was not accepted by his own countrymen. They cast him out. And he, he wouldn't even go to the cities of his early upbringing anymore because he said a prophet is without, without honor in his own country. This is a quote in verse number 9 from John 2. For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproached thee are fallen upon me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting that was to my reproach, I made sackcloth also my, gar- my garment, and I became a proverb to them. They that sit in the gate speak against me, and I was the song of the drunkards. So that's a, that's a great thing to be there, the song of the drunkards. They, were, they would sing about uh, Jesus and all of the happenings in the future in the back alleys of Jerusalem. We get to verses 13 through 18, and we see his cry, his cry. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time. O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me, and out of the deep waters. Let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth open upon me. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, and hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemies. And as David prays this, you can uh, begin to visualize the man of sorrows from Isaiah 53, who will be wounded for our transgressions, Everybody will turn against him. There will be nothing of redeeming value in his, his manner or his visage. And a, there's a connection here from Psalm 69 all the way to John 19 and the crucifixion. Let's go to, uh, you know what? I went backward in my numbers. I did, I did you guys, you did, guys, never mind, it doesn't affect you at all. I just went down instead of across. I think we're still good. Number four, his calamity. His calamity. All right, I thought I messed everybody up, but I just messed myself up. If I wouldn't have told you, you would have never known. Some of you still don't know. <laughs> like, what is he talking about? All right, verses 19 through 21, his calamity. Thou hast known my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. Mine adversaries are all before thee. Reproach has broken my heart. And I'm full of heaviness. Now, I want you to see these next few phrases. They're, part, they're a prophecy of the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, he goes with the three disciples, remember, to go pray, uh, Peter, James, and John. And he comes back and he says, Hey, guys, couldn't you watch for one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. And he goes away again and they fall asleep. And look at these phrases in verse 20. I looked for some to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found None. And as they take him in the garden, his disciples flee. Um, there's a couple who follow afar off, but nobody stays with him. He had no comforters. Verse 21 is a direct prophecy 
of the cross. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Yeah, that is a direct prophecy from Matthew 27. Um, By the way, there is no conspiracy that ever could have happened to make that possible. The Roman government would have had to be involved and known the scripture to offer vinegar to the Son of God on the cross. He was nailed to a cross. He had no power in his humanity to make that prophecy come true. So that is his calamity. Then we see verses 22 through 28, his curse. Let their table become a snare before them, and that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened that they see not, and make their loins continually to shake. Pour out thine indignation upon them, and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. By the way, this is the section of the psalm that's not messianic. Jesus did not say on the cross, kill them all. (laughs) He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So this is David speaking out of his angst. Are we on verse 25? Let their habitation be desolate, and let none dwell in their tents. For they persecute him whom thou hast smitten, and they talk to the grief of those whom thou hast wounded. Add iniquity unto their iniquity, and let them not come into thy righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. The last section is his confidence. Verses 29 through 36. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me up on high. And uh, we know that God is just, and he will do exactly uh, according to his righteousness. Verse 30. I will praise the name of God with a song, and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hooves. And uh, you could follow that all the way into Hebrews and see the sacrifice that is acceptable to God. Verse 32. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. For the Lord heareth the poor and despiseth not his prisoners. Let the heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moveth therein. For God will save Zion and will build the cities of Judah, that they may dwell there and have it in possession. The seed also of his servants shall inherit it, and they that love his name shall dwell therein. Uh, Psalm 22, as we go back there, is the most detailed psalm about the Messiah of any of the psalms. And as we read through it, I'm sure you're going to notice things that happen directly with the cross. And the cross is the first section we'll cover, verses 1 through 21, the cross. And it starts with a phrase that Jesus will speak on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? O my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and I'm not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praise of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were delivered, and they trusted in thee, and were not confounded. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of man, and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. And this would happen Uh, on Golgotha. They shoot out the lip, they shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. And that's a direct quote of what the Romans are going to say in Matthew 27 and the Pharisees are going to say. Verse 9, But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. 
That's a great verse for abortionists. Um, if, if you ever want to mark a verse in your Bible. Verse 11. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to hell. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. So a bone of him shall not be broken, was described about Jesus, but his bones were out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death, for dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. Now look at verse 16. They pierced my hands and my feet. That's mentioned again in Isaiah 53. I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. Why? Because they part my garments among them. He hung naked before all men and cast lots upon my vesture. A direct prophecy that they they would gamble with the clothing of Jesus Christ as he hung on the cross. Verse 19, But be not thou far from me, O Lord, O my strength. Haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword. My darling, from the power of the dog, save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. And so obviously there are unicorns because they're in the Bible. So right there proves it. The second part of this psalm is the throne. The throne. And we see uh, three things that take place in these verses. We'll read the resurrection, the ascension, and then the throne of God. Verse 22 Yeah, this goes from crucifixion to resurrection. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. So after Jesus was risen from the dead, uh, he appeared unto his brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him, all ye seed of Jacob, glorify him, and fear him, all ye seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. So this is the kingdom part. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. All they that be fat upon earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him, and none can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him, it shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that he hath done this. Let's go to Psalm 116. Psalm 116 is another messianic psalm about the crucifixion. And once again, we're not doing any in-depth studies on these just giving you a little overview. Psalm 116, obedient, obedient unto death. Obedient unto death. Verses 1 through 4 is the danger in dying. The danger in dying. Verses number 1, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call, call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called, then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. 
Verses 5 through 9 is the deliverance from death. The deliverance from death. Verses 5 through 9. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with me. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And so that's clearly a a prophecy about the resurrection. Verses 10 through 14 is the devotion of that day. The devotion of that day. And it talks about Jesus' obedience. Um, Even to become in the form of a servant, to become obedient to death, death on a cross. I believe, therefore, have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in mine haste, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation. And that refers to the Lord's table uh, or the Last Supper. And call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Verses 15 through the end of the chapter is the defeat of death. And so we see this. Now, verse 15 is a great promise for those who are born again and who go to sleep in Christ. But it's also a prophecy about Jesus after his death. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. Let's go back to Psalm 16. Psalm 16. Yeah, this psalm covers the resurrection of the king. Yeah, that's a shorter psalm, only 11 verses long. We'll see two parts of it. Yeah, to kind of break it down, and you'll see as you go through this. The first section, verses 1 through 4, is above and, and above and around. Above and around. So look at this in verses 1 through 2. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee. So he's talking to God above. Now he talks to those around, verse 3. But to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. Verses 5 through 11 is within and beyond. So it talks about the inner part, and then it talks about the path of life and what goes beyond where we are now. Verse 5, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places, yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Now look at verse 10. This is a prophecy, direct prophecy, about the resurrection. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Now the word hell there is the Hebrew word sheol, which is the grave. 
So thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, which is where Jesus is sitting now, at the right hand of the Father, there are pleasures forevermore. So just in those two verses is a litany of prophecy in Psalm 16. Let's go to Psalm 102, and we'll finish up with the Lord of glory. The Lord of glory. Verses 1 through 11, we see the psalmist's complaint. The psalmist's complaint. And his biggest complaint was that, that flesh is weak. Man is frail. Um, we can't do things that we'd like to do or be what we want to be sometimes. So Psalm 102, verses 1 through 11. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Hide not thy face from me in the day when I am in trouble. Incline thine ear unto me in the day when I call, answer me speedily. For my days are consumed like smoke, and my bones are burned as an hearth. My heart is smitten and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. By reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin. I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I'm like an owl of the desert. I watch and am as a sparrow alone upon the housetop. My enemies reproach me all the day, and they that are mad against me are sworn against me. For I have eaten ashes like bread and mingled my drink with weeping because of thine indignation and thy wrath. For thou hast lifted me up and cast me down. My days are like a shadow that declineth, and I am withered like grass. And it's good for us to be reminded once in a while that our time here is very short and that the flesh is no good, it never is any good, and it withers like the grass. But the prophetic part of this um, is where Jesus Christ takes all of the sins of the world upon himself. And when he takes all of the humanity upon himself, he becomes a frail creature that God must pour wrath upon. And that's why he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because God saw him as the vessel that carried all of our sin and all of our frailty. Verses 12 through 22 is the psalmist's consolation. The psalmist's consolation. But thou, O Lord, shall endure forever, and thy remembrance unto all generations. Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion, for the time to favor her, yea, the set time has come. For thy servants take pleasure in her stones and favor the dust thereof. So the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth thy glory. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. This shall be written for the generation to come, and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. For, for he hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary, from heaven did the Lord behold the earth. To hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem, when the people are gathered together in the kingdoms to serve the Lord. Then we see in the last verses here, starting verse 23, the psalmist's confidence. Psalmist's confidence. And uh, there's a prophecy, a specific prophecy in verse 25, and then also in verse 27, um, that talks about, uh, agrees with Psalm 110, 110, in, as a messianic psalm about how Jesus 
um, will have victory even though he's been humiliated and rejected. So verse 23, let's look at it. He weakened my strength in the way. He shortened my days. I said, O my God, take me not away in the midst of my days. Thy years are throughout all generations. Of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. The children of thy servants shall continue, and their seed shall be established before thee. And so that uh, is the last of the Messianic Psalms. And we covered all 16. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. On the day of Pentecost, when Jesus uh, had already ascended 50 days before, uh, those who were in the upper room had met together, and the Lord had had the Spirit to come upon them. And Peter stood up and preached that day, and when he did, um, he was preaching in his language, and yet there were people from 18 other languages who could understand what he was saying in their languages. And he preached a simple message about who Jesus was as Messiah and why they needed to believe in him as the only way to heaven. And when they did, they repented and they were baptized um, because of the remission of their sins to show that they had received Christ. And the Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And from that passage in Acts 2, we understand that to partake in the Lord's Supper uh, begins with salvation, and uh, and then it's confirmed by the decision to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Baptism doesn't save you, but it identifies you with the body of Christ. And uh, throughout the, the epistles, we see the Lord's table being taken, and 1 Corinthians 11 is a specific instance of this. And uh, so we would recommend to everyone here tonight that if you have been saved and you've been scripturally baptized in a church that believes in the New Testament, uh, that it would be wise for you to partake tonight if you've examined your heart and your soul. So 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. And before we partake tonight, we would like to take a a moment for each person in the body to examine himself or herself before God. And let's prepare our hearts at this time. Uh, as we pray silently amongst ourselves, and I would ask the men to come as well.
I'd like to ask Brother Chuck Thomas to lift up his voice and ask thanks for the broken body of Jesus Christ. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take heed, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. The men will serve and let's tarry for one another. Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Shall we? I'd like to ask Brother Morris Ledford to lift up his voice and thank God for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Once again, the men will serve, and let's tarry for one another. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. Shall we drink? The Bible says that when they had sung a hymn, they went out. Let's gather around tonight and try to make a chain all the way around the room. And let's sing Silent Night together, all right? 